It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? And welcome to episode number 357 of Locked on Raptors for Monday, July 2nd. I am your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked on Raptors. We can find links to every single episode. As always, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team focus shows for all 30 NBA teams, as well as NFL and MLB shows uh, to suit your pleasure. What? That's not even a sentence. I don't know. For your listening pleasure as well. Uh, Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd. Locked On NBA with David Locke and then a bunch of other hosts across the week. whole bunch of stuff. I got you covered on the network uh, for every story breaking around the league right now. Uh, And you can also subscribe to Locked On Raptors on iTunes on its own page. Leave a rating or review. It's the best way to support the show. And, uh, yeah, thanks in advance for taking the time to do that. LeBron James is out of the Eastern Conference. It's a top five day in Raptors franchise history or something like that. And joining me to talk about LeBron James leaving the East and sort of the ramifications of that for the Raptors is a return guest. He was on our post-Wizards Game 6 party episode, a simpler, happier time for Raptors fans, uh, long before the the sweep at the hands of the Cavs. It's Josh Howe from Raptors Republic, uh, B-Ball Breakdown, and the Writers Write Podcast. How's it going, man? It's going really well. How are you doing? How's your Canada Day? Uh, I didn't do anything. It was awesome. (laughs) I sat inside. I avoided the heat, although my apartment's not exactly cold, and uh, watched soccer and did a whole lot of nothing. It was great. What about you? What did you do? Um, pretty much the same. Went yeah. to some fireworks, though. That was that was pretty cool. Yeah, I like walked around. We went for like a walk at like nine o'clock to just I don't know soak up the sounds of fireworks. Didn't really see many, but um, yeah, I going to like large group firework things. Not really my cup of tea. Like I used to go to this one in my hometown of Oshawa, where we would go down to the lake, and literally the entire town of Oshawa would show up to the lake because there was nothing else to do in Oshawa. And when you get the entire population of Oshawa together, it's uh, it's not the most fun environment in the world. So uh, kind of soiled on that for me, but I don't know. Where, where did you end up going? Yeah, well, I'm from a small town okay. uh, called Kincardine, if anyone knows what that is. Probably not. Um, it's about three hours from Toronto. It's okay. a beach town. 
Right. So like you're saying, it's the same sort of thing. Like we walk down to the beach and it's just packed full of tourists and yeah. people from the town and uh, you people in the water. There was one guy who, until the fireworks actually started, he would not screaming about Tavares. He would not stop screaming about Tavares. <laughs> he was going bananas. Like he was definitely hammered and he was definitely uh, a Leafs fan. Well, that was me on the podcast yesterday. I found out in the middle of the podcast the Leafs assigned John Tavares, and uh, I was completely discombobulated from there on forth. Um, so I think my thoughts will be a little bit more organized on today's show. Let's get to it, I guess. LeBron James has signed with the LA Lakers. He's going there with a bunch of misfits and strange players that he's going to hate by December. Uh, we can talk about the collection of talent they're assembling over there in a little bit, but this is big for the Raptors. This is something I think Raptors fans have kind of been hoping for. Obviously, LeBron has been the, the obstacle in the way of the finals for the Raptors three years in a row, and it's been really unceremonious the last two seasons, and I think the very existence of LeBron in the East has kind of maybe pushed a lot of people towards the side of rebuilding or retooling or whatever you want to call it, as opposed to just running it back because LeBron is this, like, he's just this omnipotent force that, like, what's the point of even trying if he's there? He's not there anymore. So my first question to you, Josh, is with the news that LeBron's going West and the East, you know, seems conceivably like it could be open. We'll talk about the Celtics and Sixers, I guess, in a bit, but... Has your where were you before the whole LeBron thing on the idea of a rebuild or a retool, and sort of where are you now that LeBron has signed up at West? Um, I think I've been pretty consistent with my thinking. Like I, I kind of just go with the flow as as a as a fan and a writer of the Raptors. Like right. whatever happens, I mean happens. Um, I I wouldn't have hated a DeRozan trade, even though I love DeRozan. If the team wanted to go that direction, I understand. Same sort of thing with Lowry, although in that case it would be, you know, more of like a rebuild. Um, and I am also totally fine with the idea of running it back because, like, I know a lot of fans are, you know, they feel weird about rolling back the same team that just basically flamed out and, you know, got swept. Um, but I don't really feel that way. Because, I, I mean, the Raptors were great. This is the first time they came out on top of the East, and they mm-hmm. had 59 wins, and I really enjoyed it. It was one of the most fun regular seasons I've ever watched. So, like, I would definitely do that again. I don't know why people seem to be a little adverse to that, but it's out there. So, um, I'd definitely go through it again, but, I mean, with LeBron going West, like, that option only seems more fun now. Mm-hmm. Even with how good, like, the Celtics are probably going to be, and the Sixers are only getting better, like you mentioned. But um, I, I think that's... That's something that uh, I would look forward to if we if we do do it again. I'd be okay with running it back. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
Yeah, I think the reasoning that some people have sort of had for retooling or building it or tearing it down has kind of taken a hit with this because, you know, the the idea of LeBron being in the East again, yeah, like that seems insurmountable regardless of what the Cavs look like. It just kind of seems like a thing the Raptors were never going to get over. Um, but I think now, like, yeah, the Sixers and Celtics are going to be good. And maybe we should talk about this. The Sixers are probably in the running for Kawhi Leonard, at least for one season. Who knows what's going to happen there? Maybe they won't give up what the Spurs want in exchange for him. Uh, the Spurs seem to be handling this very strangely, but that's another point altogether. Um, so it, maybe they get Kawhi. They didn't end up getting Paul George or LeBron, which I think is a nice win as well for the Raptors. And, you know, they just re-signed J.J. Redick, soaking up some of their money there. So maybe there's just not a, a big move coming from the Sixers this year. And if that's the case, like, yes, they might be very good. They finished the season incredibly strong, won 16 straight against a cream puff schedule, but we're still very good. And we saw the sort of beginnings of what a Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons core is going to look like. And it's terrifying. And if Markel Fultz can ever figure out what the hell's going on with his shot, maybe that just adds to how scary they're going to be. But next year in particular... First of all, this was always going to be the year the Raptors were supposed to go all in with this core after they sort of refreshed, hit refresh on the window a year ago. Um, and so the Raptors aren't going to really lose anybody. Maybe Bebe's gone, but Fred's back, already signed, two years, $18 million. We talked about that yesterday if you want to check that podcast out if you haven't heard it. And, you know, that they're going to come back with a team that looks very much the same in theory with, you know, I think probably this move by LeBron probably sort of kills the chance of a, of a big DeMar trade or something like that. And in theory, they should win a bunch of games. The East should be easier with LeBron out. And maybe they win like 60 games next year with you factor in the internal development of an OG and a Pascal and a Fred and DeLon, Jakob Pertl. Like these guys all should be better next season. And there should be only marginal drop off from a guy like Lowry. Maybe a drop off from DeMar or maybe he plateaus. But even if that's the case, like DeMar is still a very good player. You got the new coach thrown in. Like, there's a very easy case to make that the Raptors are going to be a top three team in the East next year. And the Sixers, you know, they are a different beast than the Celtics. I think the Celtics are horrifying and they'd be my pick to win the East next season. But I don't think that's a, you know, foregone conclusion either. They are a team that has a lot of injury troubles and concerns. And Kyrie Irving has never really been able to to be healthy for a prolonged period of time. And Gordon Hayward is coming back from an injury. We don't know what it's going to look like. And, you know, maybe there's, maybe the development we saw from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown gets stunted a little bit as they get pushed down the depth chart a little bit. It's, you know, there's questions with the Celtics. Maybe they're not really damning questions and they're questions that'll be figured out and they have so much going for them that they can't really screw it up. But in the Sixers case, like they're reliant on Joel Embiid, who has been hurt a lot in his career and didn't start his career until two years, three years later after he was drafted because of injury. And we don't know how that's all going to look. Obviously got hurt at the end of last season as well started the playoffs late like there's a lot of uncertainty with that Sixers team so if you're telling me the Raptors have a chance of being a top two or three team in the east again like I don't see how you don't run it back it just that's not a situation in which the returns on being good are diminished to the point where you just completely blow it up like if they were sitting there like the Wizards maybe the Wizards are a team that should look at blowing it up because they their their formula clearly doesn't work there's something missing there and unless they make a big move for like DeMarcus Cousins or something which could completely nuke them anyway um like I, that that's a team that if you were in that predicament then maybe you could sell me on yeah just retool go to the bottom of the east and, and sort of just restart but i think just the way that it's broken here the raptors are probably sitting kind of pretty yeah the uh, shoot a three, you coward, the Sixers story. I can't wait when that becomes like a doc or a book or something. Um, <laughs> amazing. Uh, yeah, like, I, I think, like, the Raptors are 
almost definitely a top three team, right? Like, because yeah. ne- next you kind of have, like, the Pacers are sort of in their own. Like, if you have the tier of Raptors, Celtics, Sixers, and then there's sort of, like, um, a middling kind of gray area where the Pacers are, and then it, after that it's, like, uh, God only knows what's going to happen with the Bucks. Um Every year I'm confused by them. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like, you know, Miami, Washington, Detroit, question mark? Dwayne Casey's Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I think the Raptors are um, definitely going to end up in the top three. I would say probably, like, if I had to bet right now, I'd probably say, uh, like, having a two coming out second um, yeah. if the Celtics manage to actually stay healthy. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. It, when you think about the playoffs, too, like, the um, – this, the Celtics scare me a lot more than the Sixers do for whatever reason, probably because of that Celtics uh, Sixers series. But like the Sixers have some clear and obvious uh, flaws that you can exploit, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean they're not all going to change by like next year. I mean they just lost the two guys that saved their season essentially in Ursan Ilyasova and Marco Bellinelli, which yeah, is damning on its own right. <laughs> like, yeah, Spurs yeah. are bringing in guys to keep that uh, keep that morale high for Kawhi, you know, but Bellinelli's back. <laughs> I'll keep oh, them around. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I, I cut you off. Carry on. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, at least someone went back to the Bucks too, right? They're, everybody's going back to their old team. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Um, I, as a Raptors fan, I'm not uh, – I'm just not I'm just not too concerned about it. Like, if we run it back, I think that would actually be um, a good option because, I mean, like, look, anything can happen. And um, Nick Nurse giving him the shot, you know, with this roster, which, like, initially seemed to be the idea that – Massa I was kind of rolling with, which was, you know, find an experienced head coach, give him a team that, you know, almost got to where we wanted to go um, and uh, and see what he could do with it. And there are some there's some stuff, obviously, he can do to change from Dwayne Casey. And there'll be some things he uh, just as a coach, as a person wants to try mm-hmm. that are different. And uh, it, it, could go, it could go well, it could go poorly, whatever. We'll see. Um, but it could be fun to watch him try and, uh, you know, tinker with the roster we already have and, uh because he knows what works clearly, so um, we can see what else maybe he uh, he has in the tank, and maybe uh, you know maybe something unexpected happens. Like you don't want to wish injuries on anyone, of course, but they happen every year. Mm-hmm. And if something happens to the Celtics again, like you know, there's a chance. Yeah, I'm really uh, thankful that no trade was made at the draft or something like that because I, I think it was smart, and I I, I don't really ex- expect that. Messiah was like out there just like actively trying to find a trade before the draft because like waiting to see what happens with LeBron is probably the smart thing to do. None of the free agents really did it, but I think as a team who is directly affected by whether or not LeBron is in your conference or not, like I think it made sense for the Raptors to hold off. And like it would have been a real bummer if LeBron goes west and the Raptors are sitting there having traded DeMar and traded, you know, Norm for or like offloaded that and given up an asset and like. I'm just happy that they were patient, and now things are looking kind of clear, relatively speaking, compared to what it was last year. And I think Zach Lowe made this point in his piece. Like, maybe the Celtics and Sixers will be so good that it doesn't really matter. But even then, a year from now, if you pay the tax this season, which seems like maybe you can justify it more, considering the East might be a little bit more open, and you you know you come back next season and it didn't quite work, you lose to the Celtics or whatever team in the, in the playoffs, you come back and you can sort of pivot next summer, and it's you know you had one more good year of winning a bunch of games, and that's not a bad thing by any means, especially if you're trying to clear the books and make yourself a free agent contender in a couple years' time. Like being good and successful is helpful helpful for free agent pitches, which is also important. 
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Um, here's an interesting sort of philosophical question for a Raptors fan. Would it be diminished at all if the Raptors make the finals the year after LeBron leaves? Because that'll be the joke everyone has. And there were plenty of jokes last night. I tweeted one. I think everyone did. That, like, you know, it's the best day in Raptors franchise history. I already said it on this podcast. And, like, yeah, th- th- there's a joke to be made there for sure. But, like, I don't know. Would it diminish it at all for you as a fan of the team if they were to make it to the finals next year, you know, through an easier path than the ones they've had to come up against the last few years? Nope. <laughs> If the Raptors get to the finals, man, I'm going streaking or something. I mean, yeah. look, like, look uh, you play who's in front of you, right? It's, it's not the Raptors' fault that LeBron left. And if they get there, they're going to have to go through, you know, either maybe both or at least one of Philly or Boston. I mean, we know that they're really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also not the Raptors' fault. The only two people in free agency who have actually come from the west to the east are Ed Davis and Doug McDermott. <laughs> I mean, like, just, it's, the like, nobody's coming to the east, like, it's 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 kind of mind-boggling. So I mean, I it just yeah, it doesn't it doesn't change anything for me at all. I think I think all that stuff is a little. I, you kind of have to play it as it's going more yeah. than just like you know, like LeBron left and does this affect this? And I think that's more of like a narrative thing than an actual like present sort of moment kind of thing. Yeah, and, and like there seems to be this connotation that like losing to LeBron is some sort of big embarrassment, which it's not. Like it's uh, pretty reasonable, I would argue. And you know, yep, for the Raptors to be, to yeah, like Raptors fans shouldn't feel shame for being excited about LeBron leaving the East. I don't think like that's a very good thing for your team and your your outlook and your prospects. And just like I don't know, do you think it becomes easier to sell to fans? this whole re-running it back with a new coach and nothing else changing kind of thing. Like, is, I think that that was sort of maybe, if anything, like the, the optics of doing it all was not really, you know, particularly great. And I think Masai came under some criticism for not really changing things or whatever and would have come in under that coming into the new season too and, and just selling the Raptors on like, oh yeah, there's hope this year and it's going to be different. Like, I think that becomes different now without the Cavs sort of being there. Do you agree? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think there's like... A legitimate sort of ray of hope now because everybody that I've seen anyway that the idea has been like where's the trade there's got to be a big trade coming right like yeah. the only move can't be just to fire the coach yeah who a lot of people really like Dwayne Casey a lot of fans are big fans of Dwayne Casey mm-hmm. and understandably so so you know um, and and also a lot of them were just not fans of the nurse hiring too right like they, they would have preferred somebody else maybe if they were firing Dwayne Casey yeah. so I think it does help that LeBron's gone and you can sort of add to um, the Raptors current narrative that LeBron is gone that's an actual physical thing that we can see that happened Mm -hmm. and 
you know, it, it offers definitely some kind of hope because for the first time in a long time, a non-LeBron team is going to be in the finals next year um, from the Eastern Conference anyway. I don't think that's insignificant either in Toronto where I think there's going to be so much, and there's always buzz around the Leafs, especially the last couple of years as they've gotten good, but, you know, when it comes to, like, mainstream coverage, and, like, who cares about mainstream coverage really, but, like, people do seem to be bothered by it, um, and just sort of the general tenor around the teams that play out of the ACC, it's the ACC still, screw off Scotiabank Arena or whatever the hell it is, um, like, I, I think with John Tavares coming to the Leafs and there's going to be so much hype around that team and the Raptors, you know, they, they kills, they very well still could be become like an afterthought in the sort of conscience of just casual sports fans in the city. But um, I, I think just the, the fact that there's a better path and more likely chance of them making the finals out of all of this, I think that probably at least helps that perception at least a little bit. So there's that too. Um, let's quickly touch on the Lakers and what they're going to look like because it's funny and uh, ridiculous. <laughs> and I, 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 I love the move for LeBron for a lot of reasons. Like I love the player, uh, you know, just the, the freedom of the players that he's kind of helped build and enforce and sort of champion over the last eight years or so and I like that he's going somewhere that he's going to be happy maybe not necessarily caring about rings as much because I think this is definitely not the best basketball situation he could have gone to but I'm okay with that and same with Paul George like I'm happy guys are doing the thing where they they'd rather be happy at their place of work than have to you know strive for greatness and titles and all this shit um, and I'm glad the Warriors have become this team that have made people have to think about other things. That's also cool. Um, but, like, the team itself is going to be weird. And maybe they can get Kawhi. I don't know. But if that happens, they're giving up probably Brandon Ingram or Lonzo Ball or both or Kyle Kuzma. And as it stands right now, their starting five probably looks something like Ball, Ingram, LeBron, Kuzma, I don't know, Brooke Lopez. <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's kind of a strange collection of players there. I'm not sure what's going on with Julius Randle, whether or not they're going to bring him back. He'd be a nice player to have, I guess. But um, I don't know. What are your sort of initial thoughts on what this team looks like? Because we haven't even talked about JaVale McGee and ugh, Lance Stevenson. Um, what do you sort of? What's your early impression on what this Lakers team is going to look like? Are you intrigued by them at all as like a team that could potentially challenge the Rockets or Warriors? Because I'm decidedly not in that boat just yet. Maybe they can make a couple additions. But I don't know. It's a super weird team. Yeah, like LeBron heard that uh, Michael Jordan won playing with a bunch of scrubs, and he's like, I'm going to one-up that move right now. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. I, I watched all these signings pour in, and it was like every single one, I was like, am I, is it, I mean, this is happening in Canada today, so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, am I just, like, drinking too much? Is that Lance Stevenson's name? Um, I, is that JaVale McGee? Like, are you serious? Like, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely, in my opinion, it's not anywhere close to the Rockets or to the Warriors. Um, or, like, even the Thunder, maybe? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't, ah, uh, God, I don't even know. Like, I mean, yeah, that, that would be an interesting series, which is weird to say, yeah. kind of, yeah. um, because Paul George, you know, would be on LeBron, and after that, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, unless Brandon Ingram suddenly has this big, crazy coming-out party, which the Lakers really seem to think is going to happen. So I want to ask you this too. Like, so Brandon Ingram, I, from what I've heard anyway, hasn't been included in any, like tra in the trade talks. Like the Lakers just don't want to trade him for mm -hmm. in the Kawhi thing. Like what, what are your thoughts on that? Cause I've heard some people say, yeah, he's 22 and he, he could become a star and all this. And there's other people saying you, you're stupid. You should trade him now. Yeah. It's tough because honestly, I think the Paul George thing kind of 
maybe changes my thinking on this a little bit. And the Lakers got burned last summer or this summer by not offering the the boat for Paul George last year, right? And you know, the, a, a year with a good team can kind of change a lot of things. And like the the Thunder weren't even a particularly great team; they were just like kind of there. Um, obviously, they 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 should have been good, and they ended up being what the four seed, I guess. So that's good. But um, yeah, the 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 prospect of not getting Kawhi and him getting traded elsewhere. And getting a year in Philly or Boston or somewhere where he can get acclimatized to the culture there, maybe he you know realizes, hey, I can be the star I want to be here. It's it's not really a I need to be in LA problem. It's a I need to not be on the Spurs problem. Maybe for him, maybe he sees it that way. Like a year with a good team can do a lot. A year with Masai Ujiri or Danny Ainge or you know Brett Brown or any of these like big figurehead important names in the NBA, like that can change a lot of things. So I think if I'm the Lakers and I desperately want Kawhi, I don't know if I would to- totally just like abandon the idea of trading Brandon Ingram. Like I like Brandon Ingram; he's good. He seems like he's got a lot of potential. But Kawhi Leonard is a top three MVP candidate, and the health thing maybe muddies it a little bit. And if the, that's still the biggest, like I don't know what the biggest question mark with Kawhi is. Is it the re-signing thing or is it the health thing? Like it's kind of they're both sitting there; they're both elephants in the room. So maybe that factors into the trade offer calculus for the Lakers. But I don't know. With what happened with Paul George and taking a year in OKC and deciding he just wanted to stay, I would be more inclined to just like cede to what the Spurs really want. But uh, I, I'm not Magic Johnson or Rob Palenka. And I, I, I don't really see Brandon Ingram every day, so I can't really make that determination. But I don't know. What do you think? Um. It, I, I struggle with it because yeah. I like Brandon Ingram too. I think he's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think he could definitely become an all-star type player. Um, so the weird thing for me is like I would have a much clearer opinion as I guess everyone would if we knew more about Kawhi's injury because yeah. it's so like they're so quiet about it and like we haven't like we're living in the social media age and we haven't seen anything mm-hmm. like not even him out there shooting free throws or something mm-hmm. like we were seeing with Markel Fultz all season long. <laughs> like there's just nothing out there about it and it's other than you know Tony Parker and his own teammates talking crap about him I mean it's it's just really weird like I I have no idea how to feel about him at all like it could be severe like I, I think it was um well what is it Volgaris was on uh, Bill Simmons podcast and mm-hmm. he said that he thought it might be like something that was degenerative yeah so in which case you know that's a lot more concerning than he's just recovering or he just doesn't want to play or whatever mm-hmm. um so yeah, I mean, I don't know. And if it was something like that, where it was a degenerative injury, then, I mean, I'd probably be really hesitant to trade somebody like Brandon Ingram for that. Um, especially when, you know, LeBron and Kawhi is great, but are they enough with a bunch of young guys to go and take out the Rockets or the or the Warriors? Probably not, right? So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. And I'm also a Alonzo Ball fan, but um, the torn meniscus in his knee, that news is kind of brutal. Yeah. Troubling yeah, for sure. I guess maybe for me, if I'm the Lakers, the clincher to make me not offer Brandon Ingram would be the fact that you got LeBron for four years. Like if it was the, the he was doing the one and one thing and he was holding the barrel over you every single year, then maybe yeah. I'd be more inclined to do what the Cavs did and gut your entire future in order to make LeBron happy. But if he's going to be there four years, then maybe that's and he already said I guess that it's not like a rush. We'll see what happens in December when they're ten and twelve and things start to, you know, the honeymoon phase starts to sort of disappear there, but um, I, I'm interested in sort of 
how they play this now that LeBron is locked in for four years. Because that, that maybe they are just patient. Maybe this year doesn't have to be a title year for LeBron. Maybe LeBron's accepted that his final streak is going to end. Maybe he's actually happy about that because he doesn't have to play 700 games in a year. Um, you know, maybe a second round loss for him this season would be kind of welcome. So, uh, yeah, maybe that is the clincher. If I, you know, am conf- like weighing all the factors and the potential of losing him to some other team and him staying there, like Kawhi that is, and um, you know, the, the potential of giving up Brandon Ingram and his his particular, his own potential. Like, yeah, maybe I do just say, like, hold off, wait a year, and, you know, LeBron's not going anywhere, so maybe we can afford to. So, But then again, LeBron, he probably, he's not the GM of the team. Like, I don't think you're going to be able to make those jokes that you the way you made them with the Cavs, but uh, I, I, I still think he's going to hold a lot of sway there. And maybe if, you know, halfway through the season, Kawhi still hasn't been dealt for whatever reason. Maybe they are forced into doing something dumb by LeBron being, uh, you know, LeBron and just being a guy who wants to win and a guy who wants to have a lot of power. So uh, we will see with that. Um, I don't know. Any other parting shots on free agent stuff before we wrap this thing up? Uh, not too much. Shout out to Fred Van Vliet, though. Bet on yourself. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Please listen yeah. to yesterday's show with myself and Vivek Jacob. Um, we talked about Fred. Again, I kind of lost my mind halfway through when John Tavares signed. So uh, the first 15 minutes are normal and coherent, probably. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll have uh, probably something on uh, – what day is it right now? Tuesday? Monday? Monday. It's Monday. Uh, we'll probably have something on Tuesday at some point, um, breaking down – any other news? Maybe we'll talk about the rest of the Raptors free agents and do 20 minutes on Bebe, Malcolm Miller, and Lorenzo Brown. Doubt it, yeah. but uh, I'll have something on Tuesday. The chance that Bruno comes back. I would uh, I would welcome <laughs> it with, with open arms. I think Jama needs some help with that 905 team, reestablish the culture, um, get a familiar face in there. I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Bruno. Uh, all right, that's going to do it. Josh, uh, where can people find you? Anything you want to plug? Yeah, uh, people can find me on uh, Twitter at Howvolution, and uh, you can find my work on Raptors Republic. Um, a little slow right now, but I'll probably have something in the uh, in the cooker soon, and uh, occasionally on B-Ball Breakdown, and uh, my podcast, uh, the Writer's Right Podcast. You can find that on Twitter at Writer's Right Pod. Um, I, have a, I just bring on people, and typically writers, and we talk about the last thing they wrote and their writing process, and go through all that kind of stuff so it's fun um thanks for having me on man i appreciate it yeah of course uh check all that stuff out from josh uh you can subscribe rate review to this podcast on itunes of course leave a rating and review it's the best way to support the show as always again i'll be back again on tuesday with something maybe a mailbag of some sort i haven't figured it out yet but i'll have to do something because i leave on wednesday for vacation and that's when vivek's taking over for a couple weeks so uh i'll make sure i get something in tomorrow and until then uh thank you for listening to locked on raptors Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.